In the name of Jesus, amen. So Christmas is a little over two weeks away. Is everything looking the way it should? Yeah, uh-huh. Well, as Pastor Meehan reminded us last weekend in his message, this season of preparation that we call Advent isn't really about getting ready for Christmas. Advent is a time to be preparing for Jesus' return among us as the Lord of heaven and earth. He's kind of a big deal. But how are we going to do that? How can we possibly get ready for the Lord of all creation to be here with us? We put up trees, hang greens and lights, not just in our sanctuaries, but in our homes to celebrate Jesus' birth as a child among us. Now, we're still working on getting all of our decorations up at home. We just got our tree up yesterday. It's looking good. It hasn't fallen down yet. But all those things are happening. How are they happening in your house? Is everything looking the way it should? What kind of preparation really needs to be happening as we look to our Lord's second advent? This morning, let's listen and Hear what we might learn from right before Jesus came onto the scene in Judea some 2,000 years ago. Hear the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. His name was John, son of Zechariah, an elderly priest, and his wife Elizabeth, a relative of Mary. John's out, away from the great city of Jerusalem, dressed like a desert dweller, reminding people of those biblical prophets that had come centuries before. He's calling his hearers to repent, to turn, to get ready for the Lord's coming by turning to God in faith. And he's telling them some stunning news. This kingdom of heaven, the reign of the Lord, it's on its way. The divine action has begun. Now the people, they're getting excited. They have been waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise for hundreds of years. So no wonder then that even the elite Pharisees and Sadducees come out to the wilderness to hear John's message for themselves. Now the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these two groups, they think they've got it all figured out. The Pharisees are religious purists. They are committed to rigorously obeying all the law codes that they need in order to be in a right standing before God. They'd fast two times a week, far more than the once a year that they would be required to do on the Day of Atonement. They believe that they are already prepared for the Messiah's arrival. But their focus on these outward observances of the law, they've kept them from understanding the greater importance of things like mercy, love. The Sadducees, on the other hand, well, they, they aren't longing for the coming of the Messiah as others do. They're fairly well off. They come from the land-owning families of the country. They dominate the religious Supreme Council, the Sanhedrin. They probably don't understand the need for a baptism of repentance that this 
odd man in the desert is offering. Now John knows neither the Pharisees nor the Sadducees are ready for the Lord's imminent arrival and reign. Everything is not looking the way that it should. But is it too late? Today's scripture readings for this second Sunday of Advent, they point us to the experience of this coming kingdom of heaven, the reign of the Lord that John proclaims the Messiah brings into our world. Now the Messiah, the shoot of the stump of Jesse, a title that we hear in Isaiah, once proclaimed on our Advent banners around us, this Messiah delivers rescue. Rescue for the people who repent, who trust in him, receiving the blessings of that spirit that rests upon him. While those who reject the Messiah, those who remain unrepentant, they will receive the doom of the judgment that our sin has earned for each and every one of us. There's no middle ground. There's no other choice. There's no third path from which people might choose. So the coming Lord, this Messiah, he stands ready to start the harvest of rescue, a harvest that has already begun with John's preaching in the wilderness. So how do you get ready for the Lord? You're not a Pharisee. You're not a Sadducee. You're here today, I'm guessing, because you've already heard about Jesus, who he is, what he has done to bring about your rescue, to bring you into a restored relationship with God. For Christians, the repentance to which you and I are called isn't the same thing as the one to which John called his hearers. If you've been given the Spirit's gift of faith, you can't turn from unbelief. By the working of the Spirit, though, you and I can turn away from the things in life which are trying to turn our attention from our Lord, from his love for us. You can change your mind in a way that impacts your actions and your life choices looking to God. That's repentance. In the first of his famous 95 theses, Martin Luther wrote, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. For the Christian, repentance isn't meant to be about fleeing from the wrath to come, as John the Baptist put it. Jesus took on the entirety of God's wrath on the cross, and he did it for us. He carried it all. It is done. He put the sign of the cross upon you in holy baptism, marking you as his wheat, as John puts it. You have been marked to be gathered together into the Lord's presence. You're already part of this coming reigning of heaven. You and I aren't meant to be sorry for our sin out of fear of being thrown into the fire. Rather, we should feel sorrow for our sin because our sin pushes us away from our Lord. It runs away from his grace, from the life that he would have us experience. We repent 
because we recognize that we have gone off in the wrong direction, that we want the turning around that the Holy Spirit brings into the Christian life. Our motivation for repentance is no longer based on fear of judgment, but in the desire to be more Christ-like in how we live. You have the promise of God in Christ Jesus to forgive your sin. And that promise, it doesn't doesn't come because you've earned it. You simply receive it. That's God's grace. You can have confidence in the saving work of Jesus, the one who has brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. You have new life, the new life that God creates in those he saves. You can bear the fruit in keeping with repentance as John exhorted the Pharisees and the Sadducees, not because you've got it all together, not because everything in your life looks the way it should, but because you are connected to Jesus, who is the shoot of the stump of Jesse. In repentance, we look to Christ, who shapes us to be more and more like him. Connected to him, then, you can't help but bear his fruit as he works in you and through you to bless the world around you. God gives good gifts to his church, even in this getting ready season of Advent. One such gift is the practice of individual confession and absolution. Now, you might be surprised to know that this is something that Martin Luther encouraged people to keep, to never let it fall into disuse. Individual confession is not meant to be an obligation, not meant to be something that presses people down to have to go in and list everything that they can remember that they've done wrong. Rather, it's an experience of God's grace to feel that lifting of a burdened conscience. You can come in to see Pastor Mean or myself. Appointments do help, I'm saying. But when you do, we put on our full vestments, we sit, we hear your confession that those things that are burdening you, and whatever you confess is under the seal of the office. It's between you and God. You get to hear God's personal word of forgiveness as Christ's righteousness is being given to you as you hear the assurance that you are our Lord's beloved child. This weekend, we'll get to see another of God's gifts given in the sacrament of holy baptism. More than John's baptism of repentance in the wilderness, this is where the Holy Spirit gives that gift of new life. This is where we are transformed from people who are spiritually dead, who are enemies of God, and made to be brothers and sisters with Jesus. This is where God connects us with Christ, who is that hope of the Gentiles, where he welcomes us into the kingdom of heaven. It's Advent. It's time to get ready for the Lord. So let us repent. Let us acknowledge that everything isn't looking like it should. And let us receive God's gifts so that we might look more and more like Jesus, the root of Jesse our Lord, our hope. Amen.